Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to be speaking with you about my experience of being a mum of multiples. Now, it is Multiple Birth Awareness Week and the Australian Multiple Birth Association explains Multiple Birth Awareness Week, MBAW, as a national campaign to raise awareness around and draw attention to the unique realities for multiple birth families in Australia and how advocacy, positive education and engaged communities can contribute to enabling positive health outcomes for families with multiples. So I'm sure most of you do know I have identical twin boys and whilst they are eight years old now, they're turning nine at the end of this year, It still feels like just yesterday I brought those two little guys home from the hospital and when I was thinking of episodes to record I kind of thought I've done episodes in the past about like my birth story in the early days but I haven't done one in so long and so in light of MBWAW, Multiple Birth Awareness Week, such a mouthful, I thought I would go through a few things. Um, when I speak about having twins, one of the things I often say is that it was just a baptism of fire because I had no idea what it would be like, like what the reality of having two newborns would be like. And I'll get into that in a minute. But before I do, I say baptism of fire lovingly, of course. I love my kids more than anything else. I don't feel like I really need to give that caveat because I feel like if you have listened to any of my episodes in the past, if you follow me on Instagram, you will know being a parent is like the light of my life. It's one of the things I love the most. That doesn't mean that it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's certainly probably, not probably, it is certainly the most challenging thing I've ever done, but the most rewarding for sure, as cliche as that sounds. So I do say baptism of fire lovingly. Now, something worth mentioning is the fact that the Australian government, unless it's changed today or super recently, actually doesn't consider twins to be a multiple birth, which is wild. I remember after the boys were born and we were submitting the paperwork for whatever, you know, needed to happen then to get whatever, like like money was available and support and all that sort of stuff. I remember just being shocked that multiples 
were considered by the government to be more than two. So you have to have triplets, quadruplets, quintuplets, so on and so forth to actually be considered a multiples parent in the eyes of the government, which is fucking crazy because if you have more than one newborn, you've got two newborns, that's multiple, right? Like it's just a lot. But anyway, that aside, I thought I would mention that just in case anyone is currently pregnant with twins and they're about to discover that, I found that so strange. But anyway, I'm not going to go too deep into the weeds of talking through my whole pregnancy journey, but I did want to touch on a couple of things. I am often asked if I ever expected I would be pregnant with twins. Funnily enough, when I was a flight attendant, one of my friends reminded me after I had the boys that I used to say to him all the time, I just want to have twin boys, just twin boys, because they'll always love their mums. Um, and, you know, just get it over in one go. And I had kind of forgotten that I used to say that nonchalantly when I would be working with my friend, Justin. And he reminded me after the boys were born, he was like, can you believe you manifested that? I think that's funny. But when I was actually pregnant, it never crossed my mind before having the first dating scan that I would be pregnant with twins. But what, And I think that is probably reflective of the fact that the boys were not a planned pregnancy. It was a year or six, no, it was six months, six months out from our wedding, I think, six months out um, from our planned wedding when I became unwell and we connected the dots and I thought I'll just do a pregnancy test to see. Um, So it was definitely not like a planned situation at all. So I think maybe because I was still in shock that I was pregnant and processing how am I going to, like, what am I going to do here? Because at that time we had moved in with my in-laws at the time. The boy's dad was back at uni studying, was saving for a wedding. It just, you know, like it wasn't the right time on paper to fall pregnant. But of course, the moment I knew I was pregnant, there was no other, like that that was it. Like, of course, we're going to move the wedding. And of course, this is meant to happen. But my mind was just full of all of those logistical things like, oh, what's going to happen? Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? Blah, 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 all of that stuff. So, I hadn't really even given much thought to what the gender would be of the baby that I was pregnant with and certainly hadn't given it any thought that I would be pregnant with more than one baby until the day of my dating scan before I went in. One of my very good friends, Amanda, who lives in Sydney, had said to me, imagine if you are pregnant with twins. And she was texting me while she was out and about. And then she said, a woman's just walked past with a double stroller. You're fucked. You're going to have twins. Like she was like, that's a sign from the universe. Um, And those were her exact words. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Anyway, I had been so incredibly sick, like throwing up, nauseous, just terribly sick. And once confirmed that I was pregnant, I think we had about a two week wait until I could go for the dating scan because at that time my periods weren't regular so I didn't know for sure how far along I was. We went to the dating scan, had a trainee sonographer who kept making really kind of sad noises while she was scanning my stomach and I was just lying there thinking there's no heartbeat, something's wrong because the look on her face was 
one of concern and confusion. And then she eventually said, I think there are two in there. And I just laughed and I thought, no, 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 no. Like she's confused. They've just told us that she's learning on the job. Maybe she's looking at my ovaries. Like there are two ovaries in there. There can't be two babies. And she said, but I can't really tell because your bladder's so full because they make you drink so much water. She said, go to the bathroom. We a little bit. I think she actually said we about half a cup, very specific. I was like, how am I going to measure that? It was kind of just an out-of-body experience. So I did that. And when I came back in, she said, look, I'm going to get my manager to give me a hand here. He came in, put the thing on my stomach, the Doppler, and straight away said, it's twins. Like, congratulations, you're having twins. And I was just laughing. I was just laughing and then crying and then laughing. And I was just in shock thinking, how lucky. That was my main thought. Like, how lucky. And I was having visions of cute outfits, matching outfits, like two at once. I always thought that twins was so cool you know growing up I went to school with two obviously two twins um, a set of twins and they were identical and I just thought they were so cool and of course I had read like Sweet Valley High and so I thought having a twin would be incredible and it's something I had wished for myself so when I found out I was going to have twins the main emotion I felt was elation because I didn't know what was ahead of me in terms of the baptism of fire that I speak about, I was just, you know, the true living example of ignorance is bliss. And I couldn't understand why people had kind of negative reactions to saying I was pregnant with twins. And it wasn't people that already had twins, but people with one child would be like, oh, like you poor thing. And I found that really confusing because I didn't feel Like it was an unfortunate thing. I was so excited. And at that dating scan, I found out I was seven weeks pregnant. So very, very, very early days. And the, um, and I think it was a sonographer. It must've been the doctor had said to me, look, a lot of pregnancies do start out as twin pregnancies, but people don't know because they don't go to the dating scan until 10 or 12 weeks. And by that stage, there is only one um, heartbeat. So a lot of pregnancies apparently do start out as multiples, but then end up just being a singleton pregnancy. And so when that was said to me, I was instantly filled with fear for the next couple of weeks. I was so scared about the thought of only having a singleton. I was just like, no, like I need, like they need to both be okay. And that's probably my first experience with such an intense maternal instinct of like nothing else matters I just need to get to this dating scan and make sure both of those babies are still there and I was really really anxious I remember literally counting down the days in my journal just thinking I just have to make it through the next day make it through the next day and the fact that I was so sick was actually a really positive sign because it meant that my HCG levels hormone levels were super high which is what happens when you're pregnant with more than one and it can happen with a singleton as well but I was incredibly sick and I remember finally getting to that 12-week scan and going to a sonography clinic in South Bank and I just remember getting on the table on the bed and the woman was being so friendly and so chatty and I said like I'm so sorry but I just need to know that they're both there before I can like before I can communicate with you before I can tell you anything 
um, I just need to know. And she put the thing on my stomach and she said, do you hear that? There's baby A and there's baby B. And then I was all tears and I was just crying, crying and so relieved. And then after that 12-week scan, I didn't worry again about the health of the, the babies at all. Because when you have multiples, you do become automatically at a higher risk than a singleton. More things can go askew. You need more scans. You need more monitoring, more support often, um, which makes perfect sense. And people around me at times were worried, particularly because I wasn't putting on weight in the first trimester just because I was so, so sick. But I didn't worry at all after that. I just knew that they would be fine and they would be healthy. So that was the 12-week mark. I was, I, I cannot overstate how sick I was throughout this pregnancy. Just could not eat, could not keep anything down. I can remember being taken to see my GP and just the walk from the front door to the car, just vomiting, vomiting nonstop. Eventually, I did start taking an um, anti-nausea medication called Zofran wafers on Denzatron, which some of you may be familiar with. Now, of course, you need to speak with your GP and, and all of that stuff. But I was taking that just because I couldn't keep any food down and I'd lost like six kilos in the first trimester because of that. I, before falling pregnant, never really thought too much about pregnancy cravings, right? I kind of thought, mm, are they a real thing? You know, like, or is it just kind of a whim? Is it just kind of not an excuse, but you know, like, are they a real thing? I changed so much during my pregnancy. I could not look at a fruit or a vegetable. That's one of the ways that I knew that I was unwell in the in the beginning. Like I was like, something is definitely wrong with me because I'd be at work. And if I had to walk past a fruit or vegetable shop, I would need to throw up. So the sight, the thought, could not open the fridge if I knew there was a fruit or a vegetable like at eye height because it would just literally make me spew on the spot. I was craving things that I had not eaten in probably over a decade. Stuff like potato gems and plain pasta and pumpkin soup, but not a proper pumpkin soup, like a cup of noodle, instant powdered, lumpy kind of pumpkin soup. That's what I wanted. I wanted just anything really starchy or wedges as well, but no flavor, like the blander, the better. And I can remember like my go-to move for getting through the work day in my second trimester was a white bread roll with cheese and a chocolate milk. And that's just not something I had eaten in years. And it's not something I would eat now, but that was like my body was just screaming for it. And then the other thing that I remember craving so strongly was um, proper Turkish delight from like like your kebab shop Turkish delight, like the slabs of it. I just wanted that. So I had gone from someone who was eating absolutely nothing processed to just wanting the most processed, bland, nutritionally devoid food. That's all I could eventually keep down and lemonade ice blocks as well. 
So that was my experience. And before before that, I always thought, oh, if and when I become pregnant, I'll be one of those women who is still going to like pregnancy yoga and I'll still be at the gym and I'll still be eating so healthy. No, could not walk around the block without crying because I was so exhausted and so uncomfortable. So pregnancy wasn't like the best time (laughs) for me. Um, It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. I can remember lots of days of just being in tears with just pain because I couldn't wear a bra without being in agony. It's just like, I don't know, I kind of have a short torso. And so having two babies in there was just wild. I mean, it doesn't matter the size of your torso, having two babies, having a baby is just a crazy experience. I can remember the first time they kicked. That was like one of the best moments of my life. So anyway, pregnancy wasn't my favorite time, but there were still lots of things I enjoyed. I loved seeing my body change shape, which a lot of people close to me who knew of my prior body image kind of issues were concerned about. I can remember my mum being really worried about how I would cope with that, but it changed my mindset so much and I loved it. I loved seeing my body grow. I was so proud of it. Um, I never had any any real fears about what would happen to my body. It was like just this this massive like cataclysmic shift happened for me and all of a sudden I realized like how important my body actually is for what it can do, not just for the size of it. So I decided during pregnancy that I would take the intermediate care route, which meant I would have a private obstetrician in a public hospital had a great private obstetrician who I saw throughout my whole pregnancy. There were never really any concerns at all. Found out at 20 weeks that they were both boys. Got my head around that. (laughs) Um, I don't know why, but in my mind, I just didn't think that they would both be boys. Like, of course, that's a possibility. But in the early weeks, I just didn't think that they were. So... Um, I had my obstetrician who I would see regularly. He operated out of a private clinic that was about 45 minutes from where I was living in the Redlands, if you're familiar with the Redlands Hospital. And so I would see him often. We had decided that I would have a scheduled C-section at 37 weeks. And the Friday before, so that was to be on a Monday, the Friday before that, I was to have my final appointment and my walkthrough of the procedure and the hospital. Now, before going to that appointment, I had been up all night with back pain, right? (laughs) It seems so stupid now, but my lower back was so sore. I didn't realize that my body had already started going into labor. I just thought it was like another like another pregnancy ache because I was so uncomfortable for so long. I didn't realize that that dull backache that kind of felt like period pain was actually my body preparing for labor. So I had been in the bath, just doing anything to try and get comfortable, had my appointment. I drove myself to my appointment, got there. I won't go through all of the logistics, but at the end of our at the end of my appointment because I was there on my own when my obstetrician was checking the babies he said okay baby a is having heart decelerations 
I'm going to send you straight over to the hospital, get you hooked up to a trace monitor or trace scan, one of the two, and we're going to monitor his heart rate and we're just going to see. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's not what I was expecting, but I waddled myself to the hospital because it's just across from his clinic. They set me up in emergency on a trace scan, trace monitor, and from there on in, everything just kind of went very quickly and I was in a state of... Um, I would say disassociation kind of felt as though I was floating over my body for a lot of it, not really there because before I knew it, we had made the decision that I would be having the boys that day. So I was there on my own, understanding I would be going into an emergency C-section. Eventually my dad came, my mum came, the boy's dad came, of course. Um, And so, yeah, before I knew it, I was going into having the C-section. Now, if you go all the way back in my episodes, you will find an episode talking about the birth story. So you can listen to that if you want to. I was very panicked. Um, But overall, I think it was a good experience. I was fortunate that one of the staff in the room for my cesarean was someone I knew and she was incredibly calming. She was a family friend. She really, really helped me get my panic under control. So we had a C-section and just a strange, such a strange experience, but the boys arrived safely and they went straight into special care and I went into recovery and I can just remember being just in shock that it had all happened and in shock that there was a beautiful um, trainee midwife there who had bought me photos of the boys in special care and photos of them with their dad because I was still in recovery and just thinking like how like how is this possible that it has all happened so that was a wild ride the boys were in special care for seven days it was a crazy thing being discharged and them staying in special care That's a very unique feeling to go into a hospital pregnant and then to be discharged and have to leave without your babies. And of course, in my situation, it was strange and I was devastated by it, but it wasn't incredibly traumatic because the boys weren't unwell. They were just in special care for monitoring They were a little bit jaundiced. They wanted to make sure that they were breathing. Baby B was on a feeding tube. He was so little. They were 2.4 and 2.5 kilos respectively. And so that was a whole other journey. And again, I'm not going to go too into the weeds into these. Otherwise, this podcast will go forever. But eventually bringing the boys home, that's when like the reality of actually caring for two newborns really started to hit because it was intense. So the boys were both on a three-hour feeding schedule, meaning they needed to be fed at least three-hourly, but it wasn't as though they would just go on the boob, like have a breastfeed every three hours. They were having a three-course feed each, so they would be breastfed then they would be topped up by a bottle with expressed breast milk and then topped up again with formula. So that was the schedule that we were sent home from hospital with from special care because they were so little. So three course feed, topping them up, 
I was trying to get my milk supply established. So because they were having that express top up, that meant that I was pumping as well. So there wasn't much room for anything else because these three course feeds could take up to an hour and a half and there's two babies. So it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, turn around, get on the pump, just try and shut your eyes for five minutes and all of that stuff. And it really was just a whirlwind. And that's why I say baptism of fire, because all of a sudden you're just really, um, really in the trenches. And they were so cute, like just so adorable. And there were so many amazing and incredible moments that I'll never forget. Um, As I said, it's the best thing I've ever done, but it was also the hardest thing that I have ever done as well. The boy's dad was unable to take long off work. I think he had 10 days in total and they were in special care for seven of those. So it was a lot, like a lot, a lot for sure. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A couple of things that I wanted to touch on um, in particular that might be helpful for anyone who is pregnant with twins that I think, yeah, it's just worth mentioning. Something I did when I was pregnant was with the, um, what's the word, the seal of approval from my obstetrician and my midwife was to hand express colostrum towards the end of my pregnancy so that I could store that and the boys could have that because we knew that there was a really high chance they would go straight into special care. So colostrum is what you will have come through before your milk comes through and it's really really rich in nutrients it's so good for bubs and your body will start producing that towards the end of your pregnancy so I would hand express into like these little cups then squeeze it up in these little syringes and store it in the freezer so then when I was having the boys we had this freezer bag full of colostrum that they could have and not miss out on be prepared and be stacked with supplies throughout your pregnancy just so that when you do get home with your multiples and this of course applies to singletons but just so that when you do get home there's less things for you to worry about and you really can just focus on recovering from birth because whether you have a natural delivery or a c-section or a combination of both you're going to need to recover your body needs to recuperate um you don't want to have to be thinking about what's for dinner or do we need to duck out and get baby wipes or nappies. So be stacked um, with supplies for bub, such as the nappies that you are choosing to use, whether it's cloth or disposable, lots of swaddles, have lots of soft hand washers. Like I didn't realize how much, how many times babies would just spew up and how often you would be just forever cleaning them up, cleaning you up. So have as many of those supplies as possible. Um, You're probably going to want to have multiple, um, whatchamacallit, Uh, I can't think, like cot sheets if they're going straight into a cot or bassinet sheets if they're going straight into a bassinet. Be prepared with food, have the freezer stacked for sure. 
if you're feeling up to it throughout your pregnancy and you feel like you can stockpile food and just have that there, that's a great idea. Or also delegate with your loved ones, ask them to do the same. Um, When it comes to having multiples, that means double or triple everything. You know, it's two cots, it's two baby bounces, it's two swings, it's just double everything. Whereas families who often have multiple children but not multiple children but not at once will be able to pass the cot down to the next baby pass the toddler bed down whereas with multiples you need double everything and that can add up so you might want to be um, more discerning with the things that you purchase such as I don't think a change table is absolutely necessary because I remember I would always just change the boys nappies on the floor because it's rinse and repeat so you'd put them both down change one then turn to the other one and change the next one so I just remember thinking like the change table was a waste of space and money because I rarely used it so use your own judgment there but don't be afraid of not having all of the quote unquote perfect essentials in your nursery because you need practicality over um, like the aesthetic vibe. Multiples as well often share the same cot for a while. Of course, it depends on what you're comfortable with. The boys, when they went straight into special care, they were in the one little cot there and then we kept them in the same cot. And if you imagine a baby's cot rather than them going in like the quote unquote typical way such as placed in the middle and feet facing the end and head facing one end we had the boys facing like their feet were facing the cot barrier that goes up and down does that make sense if you imagine a cot the gate whatever you call that that goes up and down we would tuck them in so their feet were facing that way and then they'd be like two little burritos next to one another And because they're so used to each other's company, I think that they find each other really soothing and comfortable and just an extension of themselves. And they would totally snuggle up to one another and do really cute things like suck each other's fingers or elbows or even each other's cheek and face. Um, Very, very cute. What else? Oh, swaddle. Always swaddle newborns. Swaddle them and then tuck them in nice and firmly because... A newborn is so used to having a lot of pressure on them, all of that amniotic fluid when they're in the womb gives them a sense of pressure. So keep your bubs swaddled when it comes to helping them to sleep once they're out in the real world. They also have that little reflex where they startle themselves. So if they're swaddled firmly, they're less likely to startle and wake themselves up. Sorry, they'll still startle, but less likely to wake themselves up. Another thing that you might like to do is to book some photos. You can get those really cute sleepy newborn photos when they are sleepy newborns. (laughs) Once they wake up a little bit, it's hard. And it can seem like the last thing that you feel like doing when you have newborns. But they're so tiny and they're so small and that goes so fast that it's so sweet to capture it while it lasts because babies just change week from week. They just change so fast so maybe be organized with having someone come to the house for photos that's what we did or whether you book a studio or whatever it is but that's one thing I'm so glad that I have are those newborn photos once you get into the rhythm 
of feeding in whatever method works for your family, I really suggest strongly (laughs) syncing feeding and sleeping schedules. It can be tempting to think I want to treat them like individuals and I'll just feed them whenever they're hungry and I'll let them sleep whenever they're tired. But that is such a um, hard thing to actually live with because if you don't know when they're going to feed, if they're continually feeding, which of course in the early weeks, that's just how it is. You know, you can't make a newborn feed at a certain time and you can't make them sleep at a certain time. They just are how they are um, during the fourth trimester. But eventually I would encourage you to consider syncing up their schedule so that they sleep at the same time and they feed at the same time so that you've actually got time and space to feed yourself and shower. And especially if you've got older children, you're going to need that kind of level of predictability so that you can get things done and spend time with them as well. It's also great for kids to have a routine and a rhythm. Babies thrive when they know what's coming next. Um, So yeah, you can check out the Kind Parenting Company for our routines and rhythms and our, our tips for helping your little ones to sleep well and to sync their feeding schedules as well. Prioritize sleep when you can. Once they're feeding well, once you're confident um, in the way that you're feeding and everything like that, I cannot stress enough how important it is to help your babies to sleep. It's so good for them. Babies need sleep to consolidate everything they are thinking, everything they are learning and processing and they're growing so much. Sleep is paramount. It is also paramount for you as well to be the parent that you want to be. If you are suffering from sleep deprivation, it's hell. It is so, so hard. Um, And again, I've done episodes on that in the past. Be prepared as well if you have multiples to become very organized, even if organized is not your natural state of being. I would hedge bet that you will become very organized it's like a military level precision operation just to get out the door when you have young multiples and of course my experience is for myself in having twins when I was doing in-home sleep consultations and I would visit families that had triplets it's just a wild thing to really really see the reality of three newborns Like I'm sure a lot of you listening have had one newborn in the past or currently, and you know, having one newborn is life-changing. Imagine three, like three babies to settle and care for. Just, it's just incredible. I really take my hat off to parents of triplets. A couple of things that I wanted to touch on that I think are relevant for Multiple Birth Awareness Week. I didn't expect... To feel like I would want to please hospital staff. And in the conversations I've had over the years with other families, um, this has been a really, really common thing. When you have a baby, you're so out of your depth and so overwhelmed a lot of the time that you find yourself trying to please, in quotes, the hospital staff. I can remember you know, nurses coming in and saying, okay, this is the way that you feed bub or in special care. 
I can remember one of them being like, this is the way that you do it. You need to put a washer on their hands and their feet, keep them awake, keep them engaged. Don't let them become sleepy little suckers. Like don't let them sleep and feed. And then there would be a staff change and the next staff member would say, oh, just let them sleep. Don't try and keep them awake. You know, they're newborns. And so I found myself continually trying to please other people and it felt like the targets were ever moving, you know, because Rhonda would say, this is the way you do it. And then the shift would change and Ray would be on and he'd say, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. And just feeling so confused of like, I'm never going to get the hang of this. Like it's impossible. So if you are experiencing that, I promise you, you will become the expert of your own baby. Give it time. Try not to get caught up in pleasing other people with the way that you're doing things. That's an impossible task as well. People have a lot of opinions on the right way to do things. And when you don't know yourself because you've not got the experience and you're feeling out of depth and you're going through such a huge hormonal shift, it's normal that you kind of want to look outside of yourself for that advice, but I would urge you just to take it very slowly day by day and to not slip into that people-pleasing kind of mentality. Another thing that I'm sure a lot of parents with, yes, multiples, but also just multiple children, different age siblings will experience is feeling divided. And I remember one of my dad's friends when I was younger saying to me that he has, you know, he had three daughters and he refused, absolutely refused to ever fall into the trap of treating his three kids equally, but he would always treat them fairly. And that, ex- that like expression just stuck with me. And then it came back to really serve me when I became a parent of twins because I would feel like, oh, I'm not giving the boys exactly equal time because one was more colicky than the other or one was having a needier day and the other was a little more content. So I was more hands-on with his brother and thinking like, oh, I can't give them equal time. And then that sentiment floated back to me and I thought, yeah, I'm never going to be able to give the boys equal time and equal attention hour by hour, but I will always treat them fairly and always meet their needs fairly. And that's something that's still now, you know, when one of the boys needs more from me because he finds it harder to process certain experiences, I don't then think, oh, I need to go and spend half an hour talking to his brother because I did the same thing with him. It's like, no, no, what are his needs? I'm meeting his needs as well in a fair way, but a different way. So that could be helpful for someone out there. You may also have Um, moments of feeling envious of parents who only have one baby if you have multiples I definitely remember thinking like oh you know other parents that I knew I had two girlfriends who had babies the same time I had the boys and they had singletons and they were telling me about going to their parents groups and strapping their babies to their chest and going out and about and getting their groceries and shopping and just living their life and I couldn't go and do groceries with two newborns because it was just a nightmare like it was too hard I couldn't do a proper grocery shop and push a double pram and even just getting them out of the house just everything I remember thinking like lucky for some like lucky that you can lie down and practice breastfeeding for hours without having to meet the needs of another newborn as well so don't feel bad if you have those waves of emotions where you do think Like, oh, singleton parents have it better. I think it's a normal human thing to um, 
I don't know, think the grass is always greener and those sorts of things. And realistically, it's just a different experience. You might not be able to get out of the house in the way that someone with one baby can, which is another point. It's just harder to get out of the house when you've got two newborns. So that's why you will become so organized. Don't be afraid to need help. You're going to need help if you've got newborns. If you have people coming to visit you in the early weeks, don't be afraid to say, hey, um, can you, while you're here, please hang up that load of washing? Can you get the food out of the freezer and defrost it for dinner? Can you, whatever it is, can you sterilize the bottles? Can you hold the baby so I can go and have a shower? Go and cry in the shower, maybe. Whatever it is, don't be afraid to ask for help. People in your life who love you will want to help, but they may not know the best way to do it. I can remember um, having both sets of the boy's grandparents over and I was cleaning and them saying to me, no, no, you don't clean. You hold the babies and you sit down and me saying like, no, no, you hold the babies. Like I, I hold the babies all day, every day. I want to actually feel like I'm doing something. I, I want to clean. I want to move. So it might just depend because then very well the next week I could think, oh, like I just want to sit down and hold these kids and have someone else help. So don't judge yourself for what you need help on, but definitely open your mouth and ask for help when you need it. Say yes when people offer it. Um, Yeah, we need the village for sure. There are certainly challenges that come along with having multiples. Um, it's, It's a wild ride, but there are so many good things about it as well. The bond that I see the boys have is like the most favorite thing I've ever seen in my whole life. The way that they effortlessly interact with one another, um, they are identical, but they're such different little characters. And I don't know, there's just this like magic little bond that they have where they look out for one another and they'll still sit so close to each other, you know, like at eight years old if one sat on the couch, the other one will sit really close to him. And it's like, they just are so comfortable in each other's space. I also think, and again, this may just be unique to my experience. Other people listening with multiples might be like, this is not the case at all, but I've observed in my boys, they have become such patient kids in waiting their turn. And I think that is because they've always had to share their parents, you know, like they have always understood like mum might have to do something for my brother. So they're very patient and they're really good at sharing with each other. And I credit that to just them always having to do that. Um, Another great thing about having twins, having multiples, is that they go through the same stages at the same time. Whereas if you have a toddler and then a newborn or even an older child at school and then a newborn, you're juggling different needs in terms of, food in terms of sleep in terms of lifestyle um whereas with twins it's so nice that it's like okay they're both up to solids okay they're both up to baby led weaning okay we're going to toilet train we're going to get through this um you know you're not forever like oh I've got to get you know newborn nappies for my newborn then toddler nappies it's like you just do it all at once and of course that can be more intense But it's also nice. I've found that to be something I really enjoy about having multiples is the fact that they are at the same stage. And even now they play so well with each other because they're at the same 
cognitive ability such as one of them doesn't have to play down and one of them isn't always trying to play up. They're on the same level, same interests. I also like that they've always got a little mate at school, like school drop-offs. They've always got someone to go and put their bag away with if they need it. Um, so yeah, there are there are a lot of great things about having twins or having multiples. I hope uh, that this episode has provided some insight into what it's like to have twins. There are so many different areas that I could dig more into. You know, I could speak specifically more about those early weeks and the sleep deprivation and the desperation and the changes that you go through during matrescence. Or I could speak more specifically to scheduling sleep and helping babies sync up or just like that experience of feeling divided between two little ones who need you. If there is something I've touched on during this episode, because it's been quite a broad episode and pregnancy as well, if there's something in particular that I have touched on that you would love to hear more about in a deep dive episode, please don't hesitate to let me know. You can post about it in our Frey Facebook group for sure. That's probably the best way to get my attention because I try to see all of those posts. There is a direct link in the show notes to join us, but I hope this has been an interesting episode. Whether you have twins or not, you will probably know someone who has multiples and maybe it will just be the prompt for you to reach out to them and say to them, hey, it's a multiple birth awareness week and I wanted to tell you, you are incredible and you're doing a great job. As always, I truly appreciate you listening. Please make sure you've hit subscribe so that you are up to date with episodes. Join us in the Frey Facebook group and I will speak with you really soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.